I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. It's time for the Dad Joke Express. I love that you consider it a train. It is. The Dad Joke Express. The Dad Joke Express. You ready? I suppose so. My sister just delivered a baby. I knew she had it in her. Oh, okay. That just didn't land, did it? No, not for me. I I received a flyer on anger management the other day. Uh huh. I lost it. (laughs) Okay, I like that one. (laughs) That was a good recovery. I snorted a little. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, See, that's I. I I take the wins when I can get them. Okay, this is this is also you know a time of year specific. Okay, uh, spring is here. I got so excited, I wet my plants, <laughs> and then they froze to death and died. You know what? Just because you're laughing, then uh, it's going to be perfect for this episode because it's going to be a laughing episode. I love it, or at least I consider it a laughing episode. Very good. Uh, this week, um, I'd like to uh, listen to two songs that are just plain hilarious, and I. I I was lucky enough to be involved in writing each of them um, and surprised that neither had been written yet. They were just waiting on you. Because, you know, nowadays we have to carry songwriter insurance. You do. You do. You have to carry. I just had this conversation with Megan Maroney day before yesterday. See, I thought you were setting me up for a dad joke because that's what it sounds like, you know. These days you have to carry songwriter insurance. I was like, and the pun. Oh, I know you were serious. Okay. Nice. I'm serious. So I don't know. Uh, I'm sure because you are a journalist, you read the news a lot, but yes. it has been a, a good 15 year conversation that's been going on that it's become more popularized in culture to report on these um, copyright infringements. Sure. Where if you're like um, uh, Ed Sheeran and they, um, the estate of was a Marvin Gaye was uh, suing him for him getting too close to uh, let's get it on. Or do you know what I mean? Like on his song. So it, it's going to court right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just reading an article about it day before yesterday. Uh, the The guy was the journalist was talking about Stairway to Heaven. You know, it had, mm-hmm. they had finally discovered this band that maybe. Led Zeppelin was listening to or had opened for them a certain number of times. And the chord progression for Stairway to Heaven was exactly the same as this band's hit, which because they weren't a hit band, maybe that's how they learned the chords. But uh, if you listen to the chords to the progression for the Ed Sheeran song, I forget which one it is. And then, you know, let's get it on are exactly the same. Like. I think he even mixes them up in concert. Like he'll play one and slip into play in the other one and go back. But it's one of these moments when you write a song, you do your best to make sure your inspiration is not just a straight up copy of something you've heard. Right. But at the same time, how many, how many different chord progressions are there? Is it possible to write all the songs in the world and never repeat a chord progression? I don't think it, 
has to do solely with the chord progression. Right. I, I think there's a bigger rule in place. It is like six notes or something. I, I actually think the chord progression they're about to decide is not a big deal. Um, mainly because, you know, your math. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know I know how much you love math. <laughs> and you're making a math <laughs> argument right now. Which means this is true, y'all. If Cindy can say, I mean, there's only, you know, eight notes in a, you know. Right. I mean, I did take a whole lot of guitar lessons. You did. So I can I can I can do music math a little bit. Okay, well well the the way they've normally done it is six notes. So if you have right. a melody that's six notes long and it matches another famous melody that's six notes long, well, you could be in trouble. Is there, it is now I also made an A in copyright class. Is it <laughs> Is it any six notes or is it the six defining notes? Unknown. I think it depends on the argument. But here, hence why exists the term songwriter insurance, right? Yes. And the way these policies work is you uh, you buy them just like you would a, you know, auto insurance in case you get into an accident. So this is like a creative accident that you're protecting yourself from. If for something was like to happen and somebody said, you stole my thing. And then you're like, okay, well, uh, let my insurance handle it. Right. That's kind of what they're doing. And um, so typically what I do, and I've learned this from the the writers that I've written with, I watch them go through a process of self policing. Mm-hmm. So you, you write with somebody and they're like, Hey man, Oh yeah, I love that idea. Wait a minute. Are we on top of something else? And a lot of times you'll do it lyrically. Like you'll tap into the internet, like the name of your song and you'll see seven songs name that, but you can't copyright a title. Right. Right. So you could write a song called Thriller <laughs> and it has, you know, as long as, as long as it's not a copy of the Michael Jackson one, you can do whatever you want. I, I sit here as a person who listened to Sheryl Crow mm-hmm. and didn't realize we had written All I Want to Do on top of the same title of All I Want to Do until <sighs> weeks later. I looked down. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was registering the song <laughs> with BMI. I was like, Oh, wow. How did I not even see that? It's like, how could I be as idiotic as to have written a song called Yesterday, not think of the Beatles yesterday? Like, who would do that? Well, because it's so different. I know. But what I'm saying is it was an honest, like, uh, discovery. But technically, in the room, you're supposed to go and look. So with the the, both of these (laughs) songs coming up, I thought, man, are there songs titled this? Or is this, has somebody written this this way? Um. And the the first one is, um, which I think now in retrospect, I have a little bit of a smile about because, you know, the the label that is releasing this right now mm-hmm. is Big Machine Label Group. And the guy who runs it, Scott, is a big race car driver. Yes. And I have yet to send this song to him. <laughs> we probably ought to do that. But uh, this song is called Victory Lap. And um, I wrote it with Jeff Trott. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, who is the co-writer of all those Joe Crow hits and the producer. Um, but Jeff and I were, were technically writing for another artist a- at the time. And they wanted songs that felt a certain way, but they weren't giving us any real direction. So whenever you don't give me a to-do list, I will just start making junk up. <laughs> and uh, so I, this was a lyric that I had. I liked the idea of taking a lap with your new love in your relationship to show them off to all of the like ex-girlfriends who really 
Oh, it's like it's like the the race car version of social validation. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. But I mean, I thought to myself, well, has this been written before? You know, you're taking a lap with your new person, and then the more I dug around, the more I couldn't really find it, and then. I just sort of giggled my way through the whole song. Like if, if this was true, if like it if somehow you got this new love in your life and they're just gorgeous. Right. And it's just going to make all of the people who dumped you just sort of ask themselves if they had made a mistake mm-hmm. <laughs> as you jaunt past them and then of course when we we demoed this i was like that's pretty funny and then when i went back to sing it i enjoyed it a lot and then when i played it for andrew my partner billy Vogram, the mm-hmm. other day he was like hey man i know we're doing some songs on your record and we're gonna feature billy Pilgrim, but can i just sing on this one and you just not list it anywhere <laughs> and i was like sure why he goes i just love singing it he wants to be a ghost singer. Yeah. And so we used to do that a lot actually with each other. And, um, that's on our, one of our first, uh, Atlantic records, there's a song called insomniac and we have Emily Sellers from the Indigo girls. It's like a unfeatured, like they, like they're not in the feature because they hadn't right. really invented that. So you could just get your friends to sing on stuff. And, uh, and she's very recognizable. And at the time they had just had like huge breakout hits. So it was really a big help for us but andrew sang on this song and uh i don't know i'm curious to have a discussion about it a just because journalist wise i want you to put in your head before we start listening that uh one songs that have humor or a humorous take on the life around us Mm -hmm. in country music and then two like if there is this type of song in country music that i need to go back and make sure that i I connect it to, right? Which I'm not sure, but I'm. But there are there are a whole bunch of relationship songs in country music. Well, yes. And there's breaking up. There's you left me. There's I left you. There's I'll key your car and poke your tires. There's all sorts of. There's uh, and a very weird version. I just heard nowadays these boys like are somehow like, I don't need you anymore. Like men songs that used to be, I would write for girls. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if it's like emo dudes at the bar now, but. Well, you know, I think, I think that the, the empowered Lizzo women are, are, uh, shaking off their extras or shaking. Yeah. And, the, and now they're at the bar going, well, I didn't need you anyway. Yeah. And so the guys are just wiping their tears down. Um, so anyway, let's, let's start with, uh, with this. I, I didn't realize until recently the depth of the NASCAR metaphor. <laughs> I just thought I was using, you know, images that I thought I had in my head, but oh, I can't th- there's a lot more racing going on than I had really anticipated <clears throat> later. It was subconscious race. And I can, let me, I'm also saying right now, I am not an at, like, I don't know much about NASCAR. I don't. At some point as a, like a nine or 10 year old, I think I listened to it on the radio in Sevierville. Yeah. Cause that was kind of interesting. But then once it comes on TV, I, I go to sleep. I'll stay up for golf, but I'll sleep through NASCAR. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I can watch NASCAR, but. The coolest thing about it is whenever Sugarland played a NASCAR event or I did, 
I wanted to go to the starting line all the time because it just shook your chest. Can, can you do that again? Yeah, yeah we can do it. You want to go? Is uh-huh, that what you're saying? Uh-huh. I've never been before. You have never been to a NASCAR? Mm-mm. My gosh. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a big boy sound. Like it's a it's a thrilling. Like it, 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 the sound of it makes all of your dopamine go. I grew up watching it with my, my, my uncles and my dad drove drag racing cars. Really? Yeah. So I've, but I've never been to a real like NASCAR race before. So I'm, I'm logging my request that, that you play at a NASCAR event. So, so I can go. Did you ever go in the drag racing car? Did your uncle like take you for a spin? No, my dad drove. No, no, they would not. What? Do that. Yeah. Now. Can we qualify this? Like my idea of drag racing and the Sevierville version of drag racing, are they the same thing? Probably. I mean, we're both from Sevierville. I know it's not like a souped up go-kart versus like no. the drag racing with the big wheels in the back and the long thing oh, in the front. Well, well, that's that's called a rail car, but they can drag race. Oh, anything? Anything. He had a He had like a 60s model deuce coupe with a big engine. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And then we got one kind of in the garage now too, but no, you, I never. What, what? You just you buried that. You have a well drag dad race has, car in the garage. Dad has a a 1962 Chevrolet Impala convertible with a 409 in it, which all my life I've been told is a pretty big engine, and that he just it's the, and he just built it, and then it has a and that's big red, and then there's little red, which is this like Corvette. That has an equally big <laughs> engine and, and, and the garage is bigger than the house because the house is itty bitty, but we just keep adding on garages to hold the tools and the cars. And then my son started getting into motorcycles and go-karts. So now those have garages too. I mean, it's proper Sevierville. That I was about to say that is actually legit Sevierville. I remember yeah. my granddaddy's house, the garage was bigger than the house. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. All right. Here we go. Let's listen to this song. <laughs> now that people know all my business <laughs> oh i love it okay here we go this is uh from 52 this year uh this is victory lab all right this one's for our exes who thought we'd never win the hearts that they've rejected that i found good love again Got things to prove and brand new moves Baby, let's make the rounds Get our old flames lit up, burn it hot Then let's burn them down Bye, we take a victory lap Let them know that we are back Better than we were before Wait, you're looking, can you blame me? I want to show Your boyfriend never did You can wear those fancy shoes That I always wish you did When they see us build a love so strong Make them all regret they cheated They'll be jealous when we kiss Our love's undefeated But we take a victory lap Let them know that we are back Better than we were 
can't think of anything else like that no 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 are there any other Na- are there any nascar songs i'm sure there are i'm sure there are are there any that have been number one i guess would be my question probably not not a number one quite topic no but i mean you know alabama kind of had um Did they, did they, I mean, there have been when, some songs about cars. Well, the the five o'clock, five, it's the five o'clock, 500, and we run it every day, that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. it wasn't about NASCAR. No, they were just using the metaphor. They were just using the metaphor. Yeah. Same, same. I was just using the metaphor. Right. But that one was even looser. Um, you know, I think you're safe there. And it's super fun. I love it. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I, when I When I first started imagining what I needed to add to that song after I had put it down. I, the first thing I thought of was I should call little big town. <laughs> That'd have been so much fun. Cause they'd have sang the crap out of they it. would have, and it would have, it would have completely changed the tone of the song. I think the other thing that's so interesting to me about listening to that song in particular is there are, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in that song. And when you listen to it in your car or on your phone, you don't hear it the same way that you hear it when you listen to it in headphones. headphones. You've been saying this in the last it's, two or three weeks. You're it's, like, it's true. Because there's a you, lot happening. Yeah. There is a lot happening. And you're like, Oh, that completely changed. Yeah. I wish everybody could listen to the songs on really good headphones because it's a different listening experience. We called it proper monitoring techniques in school. Proper monitoring. Proper monitoring techniques. Yeah. All I, right. I took a class. I, well, I appreciate that. it. I, I yeah. do a lot of, I spend almost all my time in finishing an album in that experience like mainly because at the end of the day i want something that i make to have a set of layers to it that you can discover as you go through repeated listens you Mm -hmm. know it's like there are some books that you can read once and you got it and there are some books that you can read two or three or four times and the third or fourth time you're like god i didn't even see that you know and I don't think that it is a quality difference between those two books, but I think it's an intention quality. Right. Like the the author intended to leave you multiple reading feelings, yeah. whereas the other author, that was not their primary goal. Right. You know, like they were just trying to get their point across. And I think songs work that way. Absolutely. In a lot of ways, but I like to treat recordings that way so that even if the song is a one listen song, um, I'd be cool if you heard something new because that's something that I discovered as a kid. Yeah. Like new things I hadn't heard in a Prince song. I was like, how did I not hear that? Until it was turned way down and I had headphones on. I was laying in my bed and it was midnight, you know, and I was like, (laughs) 
holy smokes, there's another singer. Yeah, you just had to check all the boxes the right way. I don't know. Well, I I have now entered a song into the ambiguous NASCAR We're going to call NASCAR season just kicked off. We got all year long. <laughs> okay, uh, on the same thing, do you think there's been... Well, I mean, are there any songs on this topic of parading your new, I mean, Uptown Girl, Billy, Billy Joel? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of them, but I don't know that any of them. show off your new girlfriend? Yeah. Boyfriend, whoever it is. Yeah, for sure. We really like that in country music. I almost made a really bad joke, but I'm not going to stop myself. <laughs> stop myself. I'm real proud. Real proud. Um, yeah, we, we, we like that. Uh, but I think that it's always great when you can find a new way to say a, or to present a proven theme. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're walking through a door that others have walked before, but it's a different color and we, we see it in a new way. And you did it in fun shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there my friends is why she gets the dollar bills. <laughs> All right. Um, well then I'm going to move us on to the next song then. All right. Uh, this next song is, uh, from an album that I put out, uh, during the Sugarland reboot mm-hmm. and l- literally in order to, be able to sing a different song in the middle of the show than trailer itch. Um, this is a song called bar with a pool in it, uh, which when I heard the conversation speak about this was a, this is a thing I overheard someone say, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Like I snorted the, the drink I was, <laughs> the fruity drink I was drinking by the pool as this person said it. I bet that hurt. I, it just, it all came out the wrong nostril moment. <laughs> and I, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And within minutes was writing the song with the other people on either side of me in lounge chairs in my band. And it was written very, very quickly um, because it's fun. Yeah, it's and super it's, fun. And it's silly. But also at the time, like, if it's just a, you now that you can hear it in this context, it became wordplay. Yeah. Like I'm just playing around with words. We didn't even have a, we didn't have music to it yet. <laughs> well, I think the thing about this song is it's, I remember that where I was the first time I heard it. And I think a lot of times when people talk about, you know, the, the impactful songs, the songs that make an impression, it, a lot of the times it's not the fun songs because I think so, so often Fun songs are, you know, maybe considered throwaway songs. Yeah. And this wasn't that. Right. I remember and, where I was when I, when I know the heartbreak songs that I've heard. Yeah. That really affect me. Yeah. I was trying to think when, I remember when I heard the F.U., the uh, CeeLo Green. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember, it was the day it came out, but before it had been called F.U., uh-huh. it was its like legit uncensored title and i somebody sent it to me on youtube just as whatever the lyric video was and i was like dear lord and people in atlanta had made it that's how oh, i got a hold of it it's like yeah. one of the people that had been working on it sent it to me i was like dear lord this is going to be gigantic if they let it be yeah um i guess it's very much like victory lap it was f you 
here's my new life. I don't need you anymore. Right. Yep. It, uh, I guess victory laps is a kinder way to do that. A little. Maybe it's less kind. Maybe it's includes jealousy rather than just heartbreak. Well, I mean, you think about all those songs. That, I'm going to get in trouble. All those songs like Blake Shelton kind of wrote for Gwen Stefani about Gwen Stefani. I mean, all of those are Blake's victory lap songs. Oh, God. I didn't even think of that. How did I not pitch victory lap to Blake? It's not too late. It is not too late. He probably didn't even know this exists. No. Um, oh, we're totally going to do that. All right. And then, then here's your, uh, uh, as we listen to Borrow the Pool in it, this will be your your task during the listen. Who do we shop Borrow the Pool in? I think it's yours. <laughs> well, I, let's say it needs a second or third life. Okay. You know. Okay. Uh, then it's Jake it. Owen. Who's Mr. Summertime? Yeah. Maybe. We could pitch it to Thomas Wright. But I, th- I think about, but I think it's, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll think about. I'm excited to hear it in the good headphones. Okay. <laughs> okay. From uh, uh, Summertime Six Pack, which is the name of the EP, Very this good. is um, Bar with a Pool in it. Right. 
I could totally hear Jake doing it. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You should be a publisher. Oh, well, you know, I'm open to that. <laughs> yep. So now, uh, henceforth, do you think of the na- title of the song when you see a swim up bar? Well, every time I hear that song, I've, have you ever been to John Rich's house? I have been to John Rich's house. So he has this pool on the roof yeah. and the bottom of the pool, you can see through the wall in the bar inside. So there's a bar inside, a pool above it, and you can see the legs coming down in the water in the window behind have the bar. Have you been up high enough on the mm-hmm. balcony to see that the pool is a guitar? Yeah, yeah, and it has those <laughs> tables sunk down into it. So every time I hear that song, I think, you think about, about John Rich. You think about yeah. John Rich. Yeah. That's sad. You know, it is what it but, is. But, uh, you know, I... You got, uh, okay. Yeah. He also has a Christmas tree on the roof. I, okay. Yeah. That's just great. Uh, it's it's it, You know, when you think about over the top, he's the poster child. He is the, uh, the poster child of a... Uh, Shorter guy with a giant fur, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like a he's like an American version of a Russian oligarch, right? At least in his mind, he's oh, he's like the secession country version, right? It's going to be really fun one day. Although the thing I, I respect about John Rich is he does not give up. He's like very much like me, and yeah, that that's it's true. like he's like just hey man, just keep going, keep going now. Um, I haven't seen him in a while, so I don't really know, but, um, it was always a little strange there because Sugarland and, and Big and Rich like coexisted for a long time. Uh, and then when Sugarland stopped working and I was working as a solo artist, Big and Rich started to reboot mm-hmm. at some point. And so I got to see them and we had never spoken back in the other decade uh-huh. cause I didn't live here, so I don't know anybody. And so I got to actually meet them both pretty much blind mm-hmm. of competitiveness mm-hmm. and they were a very competitive band. They were like, like a football team, like their team was against your team all the time, you know? And, uh, I, I did, I guess I didn't pose a threat. So they were like super friendly and I, and I got to ask them, you know, how's it going starting over again? I've been doing it for five or six years now, you know, yeah. then we got to at least talk on those levels, which I thought was neat. And then we, we could agree on, um, on uh, the St. Jude stuff. We were really big. That That's right in our same lane. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I, John and I are vastly different in many ways, but he's always been, he's always been very kind to me and he is, you're similar in that you have your hands in lots of pies. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, very different pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of pies. Got to respect the hustle, people. Yeah, Got to respect the hustle. <laughs> Bar with a pool in it. I love it. I mean, I want to go have a cocktail now. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say, when is the last time you've been on vacation to a pool, to a place with a pool? I don't remember. It's been too long, hasn't it? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because when I took the kids to the beach last year, there was no pool. So maybe two years. It's been two years since I've been to a place. Have you seen that crazy website where you can like find people that rent out their pools in their backyard to you by the hour? 
It's like some no. sort of Airbnb-ish, but it's like Swimly or something. I don't know. But I saw it the other day and I was like, man, I should do that. I should just rent out somebody's awesome pool. Yeah, no, no, no. We For we a couple were, hours. We were there at that same time. When we went to that songwriter festival in Fort Myers, that resort we stayed at had a pool in it. Oh, you're and right. And it had fountains in the pool. And it was oh, huge, yeah. but you didn't get to use it very much because we were busy. But, yeah, uh, we were busy. But, uh, you know, I wonder if those pools are okay. I mean, that whole island got destroyed, got right? Got destroyed. That's Ugh. sad. It was very sad. Well, when they rebuild, we'll be there. what they need is a swim-up bar. We'll send them a note. <laughs> send them a note. So I remembered something about that recording, What's Bar that? with Pool in it. That's Larkin Poe, who was oh. with me for, we. they were in my band at the time. And while I, I don't think that's Megan and Rebecca playing on that song, they came in and played on some of the songs in Southern Gravity. And this was one of the sessions after that, where they came in and sang. So that's them singing backgrounds. On I that love song. it. But if you don't know who that is, it's Larkin Poe, L-A-R-K-I-N-P-O-E, two words. And uh, they named their band kind of after their, I think it's great uncle, who was Edgar Allan Poe's cousin. So... They're a dark Southern female guitar rock duo. Very cool. Swamp music. I love it. All right. Well, may you go watch some NASCAR and dream about pools. And drink cocktails and plan a pool vacation. Until next week when I bring you better dad jokes. Woohoo. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.